Welcome to Play by Players, an MLSPA podcast. This show is brought to you by the players and is all about the players, both past and present, who have plied their trade in MLS. You'll hear about each player's journey into the game, their careers and life after the game, on the field and off. It's all on the table. Now here's your host, former MLS player, Bobby Boswell. All right, special special guest today. Uh, I call him uh, a friend, a former teammate, and for most of my career was a was a nemesis for me. Uh, this is Michael Parkhurst. He played 15 seasons uh, professionally. He was your 2005 debatable rookie of the year. He was the 2007 defender of the year and best 11 selection. He won three gold, or he was in three gold cups, won two of them in 07 and 13. He's a runner-up in 09. He has 25 caps for the U.S. men's national team. If you add up all his playoff games, he's played over 450-plus professional games. Uh, that includes playoffs, regular season tournaments, and U.S. men's national team. He was a U.S. Olympian in 2008 at the Summer Games in Beijing. Six-time All-Star. He has won the MLS Fair Play Award, something I didn't even know existed uh, in 2007, 2008, and in 2014. He's only missed the playoffs once in his entire MLS career. Uh, He's been to the MLS Cup Finals five times with three different teams. He was drafted by New England ninth overall in 2005. Uh, He played for a team who I can't pronounce, Nordsland, in uh, Denmark, won two domestic cups in the league title. He was the 2006 MLS Humanitarian of the Year. He's won MLS Cup, two Open Cups, a Campiones Cup. That's how you pronounce it. Please welcome onto the show, Michael Parkhurst. Jeez, you done yet over there, Bobby? Man. Hey, listen, you know I talked a lot. That's probably the longest I'll talk for this whole thing, but that is uh, that is quite a resume, my man. Uh, <laughs> uh, congratulations on a, on a wonderful career. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, and, and and it's funny when I go through all these things, it, it's kind of eye-opening um, to see this resume. But, you know, of course, me being uh, the, the weirdo that I am, I, I kind of noticed some funny things in there, like uh, you scored one goal in college and you also scored one goal in MLS. And, uh, you know, I have to ask, are you just a, a model of consistency or are you just really not trying to score goals? Yeah, I mean... I think one is my max um, here in the U.S. At least I have scored a couple when I was playing over in Denmark, but um, I scored a decent one in college and thought eh, I probably can't get better than that. Um, and then I did the same in MLS and thought, man, you know what? That one was pretty decent, so I'll just keep it at that and um, be remembered for that one goal rather than you know if somebody tries to look up my goals someday. I don't want them to see like a you know some lucky goal that i scored or anything like that you know they'll see the one and that was a decent one so uh, i'm cool with just that yeah it is a decent goal it is hard to find on the internet it was scored back in 2007 and i, I voted for that for goal of the year but uh Cuadimo blanco i think took the award Correct. and i don't think you i don't think you would have gotten a bonus for that anyway but um <laughs> But now let, let's go back to, you know, I, I said at the beginning of the show, you're my nemesis. Uh, we played the same position. Um, you know, we played against each other a lot more than we played with each other. That's for sure. Um, but I, I look back and, you know, you you were a Bradenton guy. Is that is that correct? You were at the IMG Academy starting off? 
Yeah, that's right. That's where I went to high school. Uh, spent all four years down there, not with the national team, but just with the academy itself. Um, really enjoyed my time down there, and uh, it was it was really beneficial to me as a player. Yeah, so I I was I grew up in Tampa, Florida, which isn't far from Bradenton. So we uh, we actually played against each other. I don't I don't really remember you as much as Stephen Keel's hair, but um, <laughs> you know we 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 did get beat a lot by you guys uh, growing up playing against you. So I think that's kind of where it started, and then. Uh, then it took over when we we played each other in college. I know you don't probably remember this, but for us, it was a big deal to go up and play North Carolina and Wake Forest at FIU. And um, we actually lost to you guys in overtime. I don't know. Do you remember that game a at pre-season? all? Preseason? I mean, not a preseason, but an opening tournament of the the season. Yeah, it was early. It was. I mean, it, it mattered. It wasn't like a preseason don't don't label preseason that no was like i didn't mean preseason i meant i meant like openings the opening tournament of the season yeah 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 you played it you uh you guys beat us and and the reason the reason i bring it up is my college buddies when i told them i was uh talking to you today and asking if i just i couldn't even remember if we won or lost that game and they blame me for losing that game <laughs> and i'm i'm just curious like do you have friends that you went to college with i know a lot of the guys you went went to mls but do you have people that remember games and things that you just have absolutely no clue about? For sure. Uh, absolutely. And I, I, for a while there, I used to be able to recall games much better. I could remember scores, who scored, different moments in games, um, especially early on in my career. Um, but as time has gone by, especially these last few years, I I struggle to remember like even a game last year, what the score was, who scored. Um, whereas earlier in my career, I could easily remember the year before, probably even a few years before. Um, but there's always guys that we remember like every, every goal, every matterful, meaningful, that is the moment of the game. And for me, I don't remember many college games. Yeah. I'm That's typical that one, of them though. I mean, of friends, us, us center backs, so we're always the scapegoats. It's, it's not a pretty life. Yeah, but I mean, I didn't even play center back in college, so I, I think they might be right. They said I took a shot, I shouldn't have shot, I should have crossed it or something, and you know, who, who cares at this point? I mean, we lost to you guys. It obviously helped uh, your trajectory up. You get drafted by New England, uh, your hometown team. Uh, did When you went to the inaugural game, did, I, I read that you'd gone to the inaugural game. Did you ever think you'd be uh, playing for them one day, or is that kind of a... Uh, you know, did you believe in yourself then or was it kind of just a, a pipe dream at that point? Um, more of a pipe dream. I mean, I, I mean, as a little kid, of course, I had the dream that I wanted to play professional soccer. But, you know, you don't know how realistic that that goal is. You know, everybody dreams of, you know, playing in the World Cup, playing as a professional. But, um, you know, not until many years later did it become more of a like, hey, this, this might actually this might actually happen for me. Okay, well, so you get drafted. You're in the first class. Uh, I, I I wasn't drafted that year. Um, I wasn't, you know, maybe if I'd scored that goal against you guys, I would have gotten drafted. Definitely. But, uh, we're two we're we're two we're two thousand five. We're the first year of uh of the reserve league and the the developmental contracts. Um, you know, do you remember like how many rookies did you guys have in, in New England? Was it a ton that that first year for oh, you? Oh God, it was a ton every year those first four years in New England. It's so different than it is now. We've talked about it. Like now we get like two rookies a year. Um and and, and maybe they train with the first team or or one's automatically designated for the second team. 
where back then you were getting like eight, nine, you know, 10 guys uh, drafted and it was a ton of guys. So that made it really fun. I mean, at least you had a bunch of other guys that were going through the same thing, you know, trying to make the team, finding a place to live. Um, you know, I wasn't the only one messing up a passing drill, taking the brunt of Taylor Twelman's fire. Um, yeah, but we, yeah, we had, a, we had a bunch of guys on developmental contracts and, and those, well, those were the good old days you, back in MLS. Yeah. It's funny you bring up Twelman because a uh, couple of guys that I, I knew a couple of the rookies that were on that team with you and we can get into one of, one of their comments about you uh, later, but definitely had a, uh, a guy tell me, he said, if he could legally kill one person in the whole world, it would be Taylor Twelman for how mean he was to, uh, to him as a rookie. And, and I, I'm going to ask you, one, does that surprise you? And then the follow-up question is, uh, you know, you, you've always been kind of a, an elite soccer player, meaning you sit, you joke around and say you messed up the passing drill, but I'm kind of curious if you got the same treatment as some of the other rookies, uh, because I, I think you've always been a, a very good soccer player. And I, I feel like you were maybe treated a little different than some of those guys. <laughs> to answer the first part, it does not surprise me at all. Taylor was tough on the rookies and uh, sometimes over, over the line tough. Not over the line, but like, man, you kind of felt bad for some of these kids just you know, there was Taylor, like one of the faces of the league. Um, and you're not trying to mess up a passing drill or mess up possession, especially when he's right there. But it also puts a little bit more pressure on you. You tighten up a little bit and, you know, that's when more mistakes happen. And Taylor had no problem getting on guys and getting after them. And and to be fair, it, it helped. It helped. Um hold the team accountable, helped, you know, hold us to a higher standard, especially um, in trainings and, in, I mean, even in games. To answer the second part, I didn't get it as much as other guys. I was smart about my dealings with him and other guys and, you know, taking it seriously and being at a high level as, as much as I could. Uh, so I definitely didn't get it as much, but there were times for sure where I could tell that, you know, I got a little bit of a rookie treatment where, you know, I'm in trouble in a game and there's only one spot I can put this ball and, you know, he's just standing out on an island chilling. And uh, then when I hoof it up the field, you know, I'm the one that looks like I can't play soccer. So, I, you know, I, I definitely got some of that um, my rookie year, but it, it went away. Yeah, well, you, you had a great rookie year. I, uh, I know you took my award and more specifically you took my rookie of the year bonus i was on uh i don't do you remember what your first contract was because mine was 11 5 11 I, I, I was slightly high. i think i was on 30 yeah so you, you know i could have really used that extra three grand in the bonus or whatever it was for a, a junior developmental player but um you go ahead and you win rookie of the year so, yeah i mean sorry to take that from you man that's yeah yeah it didn't help i scored a lot of own goals but my favorite part and i know that I know that you were with Peter. Um, Peter was with you with the Olympic team. Um, and, you know, you, you knew him through the national team. And my, you know, I'll tell you this quick story and you can share any Peter insight. But when, when we were walking out to a game that first year, Peter was, you know, he'd walk with a whole group out to the locker, from the locker room to the training field. And he pulled me aside and he said, hey, listen, Marvell Wynn, you know, who's also a rookie, he said, Marvell Wynn, much faster than you. And he said, Gonzalo Zagaris tackles much better than you. He said, Michael Parker's oh, much better soccer player than you. He's like, but you, 
you are a loud son of a bitch. And I said, Peter, is that supposed to be a compliment? And he says, yes, you are my loud son of a bitch. And, and that was the story. And then you go ahead and uh, you go on to win the MLS rookie of the year. But uh, did, did you enjoy it? Mean, I know you worked with him a little bit. Did, did you get any good uh, Peterisms is what we call them? Uh, that's funny. I mean, Peter was brutally honest, you know, sometimes too much to a fault. But uh, I enjoyed my time with Peter. Um, you know, he, he's a, a tough, no nonsense coach. Um, you know, and I didn't have too many dealings with him, but, um, you know, very grateful for the opportunity to, to be one of the overage players with that Olympic team. Cause it's one of the highlights of, of my career, but, you know, I, ha- I had a lot of respect for him. I mean, he was obviously a tremendous player, um, and knew the game really well. Um, you know, and, and he expected the most out of guys. I mean, we, I remember we had a training session out in china and it's it's summertime out there it's got to be 100 degrees plus humidity i mean we're honestly i don't know if i've ever played in hotter weather and it makes even houston seem bearable but we had a training session that was pretty tough and one team got schlacked and peter laid into these guys and we're all you know trying our best it's so hot and peter thought that they were not and so you know these guys are out there doing extra running and um i was i was on that team that got schlacked but uh peter was like no 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 parky you know like you you're good you don't you don't have to do the running <laughs> and usually i'm a guy that would be like no no it's okay I'll, I'll go with my team but there was no way i was doing extra running that day i could barely stand up <laughs> i like that you t- you took the uh took the easy way out but probably the smart way out that was you were you were always always smarter than everyone else on the field and appears uh, off the field too so well, yeah. So we talk about that New England team. Um, you know, the New England days were you really a special group. But and looking at that roster, I mean, what a group of characters these guys were. I, I just I'm gonna go ahead and this is over the course of your career. I always like to read out guys that stand out to me um, when I look through the career, especially in MLS. I don't know the guys over in Germany and uh, in Denmark, but. Uh, you know, I'm going to read these names out. You you pick one or two of them out and tell me uh, who stands out the most. Uh, you got Matt Reese, Clint Dempsey, Andy Dorman, Joey Franchino, Pat Noonan, Jay Heaps, Steve Ralston. We talked about Twelman, Daniel Hernandez, Shawry Joseph. You had Steve Clark, Kai Kamara, Justin Merrim, uh, Jack Mack, and Connor Casey for short stints with you in Columbus. You had Yosef now, Martinez. You had Brad Guzan. Kenwin Jones, Chris McCann, Breck Shea. I mean, it, are those pretty much uh, any locker room? Those guys are unique personalities, but uh, you were fortunate, I guess. I don't know if fortunate is the right word. You were unfortunate or uh, you had the pleasure of playing with those guys over the course of your career. Pick a, pick a couple names out of there and tell me tell me what you think about a couple of those guys. Yeah, man. The locker room dynamic, as you know, is, a, is an interesting place. And... Uh... You know, you always find your niche and, and, and guys that you like to hang out with and, and become closer with, um, you know, and, and there's certain teammates you grow closer to, but we had a great locker room in New England, a lot of veteran um, personalities in that locker room, you know, from quiet Steve Ralston, you know, top professional to, to Matt Reese, who was, who was and is probably one of the funniest teammates I've ever had. Um, just a true character, great guy. 
my locker was next to him for the first four years. And uh, man, I benefited from that, really learned to enjoy myself out there, have a sense of humor, um, be serious when you need to be serious. But he, he was an awesome teammate. Tell me, tell me about Joey. Is Joey. Joey yeah. Franchino's, I mean, he, I was intimidated, but I mean, very few guys, uh, you know, and you really had really two guys there with Franchino and, and Daniel Hernandez. I yeah. mean, those are just two, uh, two guys. And I actually got to know Daniel and he was actually a pretty cool guy, but, uh, Joey just seemed kind of, I mean, he seemed like a lunatic waiting to happen. Uh, you know, tell me about that. Tell me about him. Yeah. Daniel Hernandez is a great guy. Uh, you know, really nice guy. I enjoyed my time with him. He was, uh, he was a good guy to lean on actually. He was, uh, really supportive of me as well for, especially for me being a young guy and him being a veteran, you know, so I appreciated that. Um, Joey Franchino. Yeah. He's a full man, somebody that I would never want to get on his bad side. He's a one tough, uh, SOB and, um, you know, glad he was on my team. But even in like a 5v2 or something, I mean, you had to watch out because he was going to go hard and he didn't care who it was. Uh, he was going to get out of the middle within two passes every time. And, and you'd gladly go in without a question asked. You, know, you just did not want to confront Joey. But that being said, off the field, I, I really liked Joey. He was a great guy, you know, a quieter guy, kept to himself a little bit. but. Uh, when he got in the group and you know chit chatting and stuff, um, a really good guy. He's just one of those one of those teammates that when you get on the field, the the switch flips and um, you know he just becomes a different person. Similar to Clint, I mean Clint off the field is a great guy. You know, likes to goof around, have a good time, chill. But when he gets on the field, I mean he's he's crazy. Um, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a friend or if guys go to church together or whatever he's going to do whatever he has to do to be successful to win on that day and if you get in his way then hey so be it he's going to come out on top and that's just what made him so good um you know we've had a bunch of teammates like that you know even here joseph martinez is the same way he's an absolute animal on the field you know but when you get him in a one-on-one -on -one setting he, he's a good guy similar characteristics but uh I mean, I know you're running this interview, but I, I enjoyed our time together as well, Bobby. I, I had said this to other guys, like, man, so unlucky that, you know, was, we both played for so long and we, were, we weren't teammates for that long. But, man, what a teammate you are. Holy smokes. You, <laughs> you bring something to a locker room that's uh, unique, definitely. Um, I mean, the legend of Bobby Boswell definitely lives on here in Atlanta United. Well, I appreciate that. You also kind of, uh, compared me to the three psychopaths you played with over the course of your career, but but I'll tell you, hey, listen, if you put me in the in the category with uh, with Joe and and uh, Clinton Joseph, I'll, I you know, I mean, pretty much purebred finishers. I get it, I get it, exactly. Well, now uh, I'll keep this thing moving. I, I uh, you know, it's funny when you're talking about him. It's almost like I feel like even with with uh, the things I've heard about Franchino, it's like we might have to edit this just to remove it, just so we don't uh, we don't have him coming after us uh, later down the line. But but no, so we, we move on. You go, you know, you go to Europe. I don't want to get too much into Europe. Um, I know that we talked about your, your favorite coach ever. Um, you know, tactically and as a as a coach was in uh, was in Europe, and we you know you say that or in Denmark rather, and you say that he might uh, he might make the move to MLS. But the, the thing that stood out to me, which you've never mentioned, by the way, 
was uh, you played in six six Champions League games in Europe. Correct. Yep. Yeah, six Champions and, and League games. Not, not against, uh, you know, it's not like one of these Champions League games where we don't know the teams. It was Shakhtar Dinesh, uh, a team called Chelsea, and a team called Juventus. So uh, just real quick, walk me through uh, what Champions League was like, because I, I don't think I know a lot of guys, even over the course of my career. And if I had known this, I would have been badgering you a lot more in the locker room. But uh, <laughs> walk us through that real quick. Yeah, an absolute dream. I mean, everybody grows up watching Champions League, you know, on Tuesday, Wednesday afternoons and the music and the whole spectacle, you know, the best players on on the planet playing in this competition. Um, so we actually won the championship in Denmark the first year that the winner automatically qualified for a group stage. So it was a, an amazing accomplishment for the small club that we were. And then we get I remember watching the draw and just waiting for our our ball to pop out to see what group we were in. And I thought, oh, my God, this is the toughest group in the in the Champions League for sure. I mean, you've got two title aspiration teams, Shakhtar, which is, you know, a, a very, very good team. Um, and then us. And you're like, oh, my God, where are we possibly going to get a point from this group? Um, but for us, it was more about the experience and, and, and what an experience it was. The first game was away to Shakhtar and, um, what a beautiful stadium. And I remember walking out with the Champions League music. It was just surreal. And, uh, we had a really good performance and we ended up losing the game, I think two zero, but for us, that was, uh, that was a great result. And, and we actually controlled a lot of the game. And I was playing right back against Willian at the time because he was with Shakhtar. Um, so I, I played against a bunch of really, obviously, really, really good players during that tournament. And we took a couple schlockings, but we also took a point against Juventus. So uh, we did get something out of the tournament. And I will say that that week that we tied Juventus, I did make Champions League Team of the Week. Um, so that is definitely something that uh, I, I don't really say very often, but it's something that uh, I'm proud of. Yeah, I'm going to have to add that to the resume. I'll go back and uh, re-record the opening. <laughs> yeah, please do. Uh, I can't believe you left that out. Yeah, that one's I mean, and, and all and all joking aside, I mean, uh, that that's the Champions League is is a uh, you know that that I thought I had a better chance of playing in a World Cup than I did playing in Champions League. So for me, that was uh, that was the biggest dream of all. Um, the, the farthest one to reach. So, uh, you know, that, I didn't realize that. And I, I thought that was really cool and, and needed to be pointed out. Well, fast forward, you come back, you're in Columbus, you end up being the captain of that team. Uh, you're in Atlanta, you're the captain of that team. I, I want to kind of talk a little bit about leadership because you had a, everywhere you've been, you've had, you know, some, some really good leaders and then you kind of become a leader. I always say it's not like one day you read a leadership book and then they tell you, hey, you're going to be the captain of this team. And I'm just kind of wondering how you embrace that all. And, and you know, do you feel, uh, I always felt that it, it kind of made some uh, tension with some of the other guys who wanted to be captain and, and kind of how you deal with that because you have been a leader for so long. And, um, you know, I, I'm curious as to what you, what you uh, took from all of this. Yeah, it's a good question about leadership. I, I know that people say that leaders are born, not made or stuff like that. But I, I don't think I was uh, or I am a born leader. Um, I didn't come into MLS with leadership qualities. Yeah, I'm a hard worker and a nice guy and do things the right way off the field, but that's not enough to lead a team of men. You know, I wasn't in that 
position and I didn't need to be, thankfully. Um, you know, and I, I've been around some really good professionals older than me to show me the ropes and, and show me how to train and how to be a professional guys like Steve Ralston and heaps and Taylor and, um, Matt Reese and, and those guys. And then I had a couple of really good ones in, in Europe when I was there. Um, so when I came back to MLS, I had been playing for nine years at that point and, and had a lot of experience. Um, so I, I felt like I was ready to take that next, next step, um, be more of a role model for the, the younger guys. Um, you know, there's different ways to lead and I'm not the most talkative guy. I'm not like a raw, raw cheerleader. Um, I struggle with, you know, pregame speeches. I had never really done them until here in Atlanta where Tata was kind of like, well, captain, what do you have to say? And I was like, oh man, you want me to say something? Okay. Um, so I've gotten a little bit more used to that, but that's not really my thing. It's more, you know, leading by example, being dependable, um, somebody that guys can rely on on the field but also can talk to off the field um you know and somebody that's out there day in and day out so if i if i can do it you know surely other guys that don't have as much experience or, or younger um you know they should be doing it as well so you know that's kind of been my more leadership mentality throughout these these years that i have been captain of the club and it, it can cause some friction for sure and that's probably the one area where I wish I had had been a little bit better was, was maybe holding guys a little bit more accountable and being less afraid of maybe in the short run damaging some relationships, you know, and having guys be upset with me because overall I'm just trying to make things better for the you know the overall picture of the team. Um, and maybe I, I haven't been the best at that, um, you know, even to this day, holding guys a little bit more accountable on, in trainings or, you know, with fines or in that regard. Um, but, you know, it's, I'm always learning and, and I think that's important as well for a leader. If it makes you feel any better, you were the top two in terms of pregame speeches. Wade Barrett was, uh, was pretty impressive, but, uh, you know, compared to Jaime Moreno or, uh, or Brian Ching, you were miles and miles ahead uh, of their pregame speeches. So uh, I enjoyed I enjoyed those speeches when I got to hear them. So I uh, appreciate it. Yeah, at least so, somebody was so, listening. Uh, yeah, yeah, we, we were listening. We were listening. I, I'm not a uh, you know I could give you a hard time about that that captain's uh, video that Atlanta released oh. where you and Tata were in the field. Um, you know, it was uh, it was that was really well done. Um, but we'll, we'll move on past that. And uh, so we go, I told you, I'd, I'd talk to you about a guy that was described earlier. Uh, one of your rookies, a uh, friend of mine, Jamie Holmes. Uh, he, you know, he said, there's this guy here. Uh, he's, he's smaller than me. He's like, uh, I'm faster than him. I'm stronger than him. I can kick the ball harder than him, but my goodness, every time I get the ball, he takes it away from me. Um, he's just, I just can't explain it. And he was talking about you and, and it kind of makes me wonder, um, you know, there's a, I talked to a lot of guys around the league and, uh, I've been in locker rooms against you. I've been in locker rooms with you, but how, how do you, uh, want to be remembered, you know, for this, this epic career that you had in MLS? Um, well, I'm thankful now I can be remembered as an MLS cup champion. Um, that's evaded me for a long time. And, you know, I, I really wanted to have a championship to kind of not validate the MLS career, but I, I would have felt, I don't know, I would have always looked back on those missed opportunities a little bit 
more had I not won it last year and had an, another opportunity to do so this year. So MLS Cup champion, but, um, you know, a good, obviously a good player, but a, a good teammate as well. Um, you're talking about, you know, using my brain. You know, I, I'd like to be remembered as, you know, a, a smart defender who was good on the ball. You know, those are my two strengths over the course of my career. You know, I, I always had to play against strikers that were bigger, faster, stronger than me. So I, the only way I was going to have a chance was if I could outsmart them and outthink them and anticipate. And, you know, so that's that's what I tried to do over the course of my career and, and then be good on the ball. Um, I had to bring that attribu attribute as well. Otherwise, you know, I, I wouldn't have played because, you know, my defensive part of the game, you know, there's a lot of very, very good defenders out there. So I had to be able to separate myself from them. And uh, in order to do so, you know, on the ball, I had to be good. And, um, you know, so I took good pride in, in being good on the ball and, and finding good passes. So, um, yeah, I think if I'm remembered by those few things, uh, mission accomplished. Well, I'll tell you what, man, it was uh, it was always a pleasure to, you know, play, uh, not really a pleasure to play against you. You end up uh, on the, the right end of a lot of those games. But I don't know. We had um, some battles you know, you were, in D.C. for a long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you were uh, you were always fun to. Uh, you know, I don't think you got enough cards for a center back, but, um, you know, other than that, you were class of the league. And, um, I, you know, I think I saw a thing recently where you were in the top five, uh, center backs of all time. I, I think had you played your whole career here, uh, you would be higher than that. So, um, I think you did a great job in terms of being a player, but I enjoyed being your teammate on the national team and on, uh, Atlanta United for the seven minutes that I was there. But, uh, I really just, uh, you want to say congrats on a great career. I appreciate you coming on the show. I think uh, you're one of the, you know, not not so outspoken guys of the league, but you have left an impact on the league uh, like no other. So uh, enjoy your retirement, and I'm sure uh, I'm sure we'll be seeing you coaching one day, even though you claim uh, you're going to be a stay-at-home dad for a while. So uh, <laughs> thanks, this Michael Parkhurst on the show, everyone, and uh, you won't find a better guy, a better player than than this guy. I appreciate it, Bobby. Thanks for having me. Thanks for the kind words and. Now we got to get out on a golf course together someday and uh, maybe get a little competition out there or at least drink a couple of beers together. Um, so we yeah, need to I, meet up, I, meet up I, somewhere I, and do that. I'd say I won't beat you in golf, but I definitely will beat you in drinking beer. So uh, <laughs> it, we'll, 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 go, we'll tie one-to-one -one on that one. Uh, sounds good. A lot of good stuff in there from Parky. He was a little short on time, but we thank him for making time for us. Uh, he, he was more of a silent assassin in the locker room, and he's now coming out of his shell a little bit more in retirement, showing fans what made him such a good player and a good teammate. So we really thank him for coming on the show. And now it's time for our Where Are They Now segment. Uh, he mentioned Stephen Keel. Stephen Keel works as a social media manager for Major League Soccer. Uh, he's also very popular now in the esports world. Uh, I know he does a lot of EA sports, FIFA, soccer he, as a competitor, but he's also mainly the host for a lot of the uh, tournaments going on. So I'm sure you'll see him and his lovely hair out there. Uh, he mentioned uh, a guy, in case you've been living under a rock, uh, Taylor Twellman. He's a, an announcer and one of the major voices of soccer in America these days. He's also one of the leading spokespersons for... Uh, 
for something that we touch on with various guys on this podcast, but uh, head injuries and concussions, Taylor uh, has thinktaylor.org, and he's kind of at the forefront of bringing awareness to uh, you know symptoms and just how, how concussions and head injuries are thought about. Uh, Peter Novak, a former coach of mine, he was with Philly, but uh, after that he took a job in the Caribbean as a head coach for Antigua and Barbuda. Uh, and then he was coach and later technical director for, I'm going to butcher this, but Lechia Gangst uh, in the top league in Poland. He holds his UEFA Pro license. Uh, I think he's uh, looking to keep influencing the game at all levels, whether it's youth or professional. Uh, but he's probably out there right now riding his motorcycle around in, uh, in Naples, Florida. Uh, Joey Franchino. I uh, wasn't going to talk about him because uh, you never know when he could pop up and, and, and uh, give you a good two-footed tackle. Uh, all joking aside, Joey is uh, hes in the New England area still, and he's, uh, he's a coach with the youth. I believe he coaches a, a high school team there, and he's done a lot of, uh, a lot of work, extensive work with, with uh, charitable causes, more specifically with the Special Olympics. So that's good on Joe out there uh, helping the, the community. And last but not least, Matty Reese, big old Matt, everyone's favorite guy to be around. Matt is a, he was a coach for the U.S. men's national team and then the Columbus crew. Uh, now he's back in California. Uh, I know his wife has a good job out there. She's the breadwinner and he's really just uh, deciding if he's going to continue to pursue his dream of owning a bar named Fupa's. Uh, those are his words, not mine. Don't judge sounds like a great place i would love to go there and hang out with him and that wraps up uh that wraps up today's episode appreciate you guys uh, listening hope you enjoyed it look forward to talking to you again thank you for listening to play by players visit playbyplayerspod.com for more episodes or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts this has been a production of the mlspa Learn more at MLSplayers.org.